You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, and with me as always is Brian. Brian, sir, how are you? I'm doing well, Aaron. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty great. You know why? We have a new addition to the Gospel Project family. Yes. April 1 April is the 1. official release date of, of a new book, which uh, we're yes, excited about. That's right. That's right. It is called Epic, The Story That Changed the World. It is a new graphic novel inspired um, book for, uh, for middle grade readers, um, ages 8 to 12-ish, um, that, uh, that goes through the big story of scripture um, it is it is a pretty cool pretty cool book. So we have BNH has the it's all about Jesus storybook, which is a hundred stories to walk you through the big story. And that's really, yeah. I mean, my family we love that book. Yeah, and it's great to read to your kids a little bit more. It, it's really good for all grade schoolers and even down, even preschoolers can hear that. Of course, of course, uh, we have preschool books as well, storybooks for them. But this is more of a book that is really um, the sweet spot of it is for that middle schooler that or that older grade school kid Mm -hmm. to hold and read himself or herself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So this is a, this is a great, a great book for um, you to share with your kid, your, your kids who um, maybe they need something a little bit more challenging um, than say the, it's all about Jesus book Mm -hmm. um, that they need something that helps them contextualize the actually reading the scriptures themselves as well. So of course this isn't in, um, in place of this is in addition to, um, and but we hope you love it. Um, it is um, it's a cool piece, um, and I'm not just saying that because I wrote it. No, so. and, it's the, and it's the good thing about it. It's it's, it's an attempt to connect in an age appropriate way, something appealing yeah. to that age group. So yeah, it's all about Jesus can feel. You know, if if like again, I've got my my oldest son. He well, he's about to turn 14. Yeah, um, my daughter's 11. So I, I think about where Joshua, my oldest, has been the last couple of years, where Hannah is now. Mm-hmm. It's all about Jesus for them to pick up and read that. It may feel a bit too young for them. Oh, totally. So totally. this is this is a great book for that age group where they feel all right. This is this is me. This is speaking to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we're excited. So uh, yeah. go ahead and and get a copy of that. Yeah. So you can get that. You can order that now on. Um, lifeway.com you can get it on amazon you can get it wherever you buy books and let me just say this you know as, as somebody who has some books out there and this is always awkward as well so i'll do it for you thank you if, if you do purchase this book and we hope you do leave a, a good review at amazon for example because that really helps um, create awareness and i know when i shop on amazon that's one of the things i do is i i look not only for how it's reviewed but how many yeah and if something has like three you know, five-star reviews, you're kind of like, all right, well, that was the mother, the wife, and, you know, the author himself. Who sure, review. sure. And it doesn't have the credibility when you see dozens of people, at least hundreds even, you know, the more people have reviewed it well, the, the, the better you feel about it. So that's the heart behind it. It's it's not the stroke egos or anything. No. It's, the, it's man, we believe this is a helpful resource for kids to learn the gospel. And so we want as many people as possible to, to use this. And yeah. so those reviews really help in them. Yeah, totally. But um, that is not the purpose of our, our episode today. Um, instead, we are talking, uh, we are continuing and actually wrapping up a little mini series that we've been doing, wa- um, walking through a couple of big 
stories, uh, big passages in the book of Joshua. Um, and looking at those from a, a gospel-centered, um, gospel-oriented point of view, um, these are, you know, kind of some of the big rock passages that uh, that people are mostly familiar with. And um, this one is actually arguably the one that people are most familiar with because it comes at the end of the book. And there is a uh, a verse in this in this book in specific that uh, has been put on coffee cups everywhere and um, and is used all over the place as as an encouragement as a piece of art and and all this kind of stuff which comes at the end of chapter 24 um, verse 15 which says as for me and my family in the CSB we will worship the Lord um, you may have seen it as as for me and my house we will worship the Lord and uh, so it's it's in uh, it's in living rooms. It's over top yeah. of doors. It's over top of of uh, doors. It's you name it. Um, you name it. You've seen it. Um, but we want we don't want to divorce that statement from its context. Exactly. We want to talk about it in light of of what comes before it and what comes after. Um, today. So, Brian, how about you set us up there? Yeah, so we're going to be reading um, a, a pretty long section of this because of what you just said. It's it's vital that we see this context. Usually, I, th- I think a lot of people don't even know the context of that in its paragraph. That's at the end of a, the first paragraph that we're going to be reading. Certainly, uh, fewer people know the context that follows it, and it's critical to really appreciate what we just saw there. So I'm going to be starting in Joshua chapter 24, reading, uh, starting in verse 14 and going down through 24 um, from the CSB. Therefore, fear the Lord and worship him in sincerity and truth. Get rid of the gods your fathers worshiped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and worship the Lord. But if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourself today which you will worship, the God your fathers worshiped beyond the Euphrates River or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. As for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. The people replied, We will certainly not abandon the Lord to worship other gods. For the Lord our God brought us and our fathers out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery, and performed these great signs before our eyes. He also protected us all along the way we went and among all the peoples whose land we traveled through. The Lord drove out before us all the peoples, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will worship the Lord because he is our God. But Joshua told the people, you will not be able to worship the Lord because he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions and sins. If you abandon the Lord and worship foreign gods, he will turn against you, harm you, and completely destroy you after he has been good to you. No, the people answered Joshua, we will worship the Lord. Joshua then told the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you yourselves have chosen to worship the Lord. We are witnesses, they said. Then get rid of the foreign gods that are among you and turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. So the people said to Joshua, we will worship the Lord, our God, and obey him. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. So let's... Let's think about that. How do we typically think about and how do we understand this this passage normally? Or how do how do most of us in in a common understanding of it approach it? 
Yeah, I think, you know, that first, uh, and maybe I wasn't quite fair. I think most people know the, the sentence or two leading into that expression as well. Choose mm-hmm. this day whom you will worship. Um, and so I think what most of us get there is just this idea of this dichotomy, this very simple and clear and easy dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Notice I'm lingering in there because it's going to drive us to our point. Yep. Um, that, man, you got to either choose to serve God or choose not to. Um, he, he wants all of you. And so just make that choice. And so that's why the people responded, oh, no, if it's that dichotomy, we're going to choose God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's usually that, that simple, if you will, that straightforward. Uh, this is what God wants from you. And that's how often I have heard this shared, taught, written about, or whatever. The encouragement is, all right, so choose God. Right. Yeah. And, but there's more to it than that, isn't there? Yeah, there, there's a lot to it. And, and I think, you know, if, if we really consider this, let's give the Israelites the benefit of the doubt as, as we analyze this. Yeah, that's fine. Um, you know, you and I, we tend to be a little bit more cynical in our natures. Do we? Just a smidgen. Are you sure we're not being realists? <laughs> well, one could argue. We think we're being realist. <laughs> well, my I wife, could be, my I wife could be being very optimistic. Yeah. So being <laughs> optimistic, we're just realists. Being cynics, we're being cynics. Sure. There we go. Um, you know, so let's be optimistic about the Israelites and, and say that they really believed what they were saying. You know, and again, in the past, we know this has not been the case. We, we have seen plenty of times where they have just done stupid things and said mm-hmm. stupid things. And let's, let's give them a little bit of benefit of doubt and say that they're being sincere. We know they fail because what, what book, you, you should know the answer to this based on our episode three or podcast three episodes ago. What mm-hmm. book follows this one? Judges. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and we know the pattern of judges is this gross rebellion and sinfulness of the people of God over and over and over again. And it begins with this generation failing to implant the gospel in the hearts of their children, the next generation, which begins this pattern. Right. So we know what they said here does not come to fruition. What mm-hmm. they're saying, even though they meant it, they're not going to live it out. Right. And the key is why. And we see the answer in what Joshua focused on several times. Mm-hmm. All right, if you're serious about this, and I love how Joshua just kind of, he just leans into them. Yeah. No, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're not serious. You're not serious. And the reason why he says you're not serious about this is because you have these idols still. Mm-hmm. You have pagan gods in your midst. Yep. And that's significant. They, um, they may well have, so in other words, they may well have been sincere in, in their statement. Yes, we will, we will worship the Lord. We will do this. We will follow him, but it may not have been wholehearted because if it, it appears based on what Joshua says that they were trying to worship God and the foreign, the the idols that were among them, that um, or that they themselves may have even been um, sincerely following the Lord alone, but because the work of conquest had not been done, because the because the um, inhabitants of the land had not been vanquished, um, their gods were still there. And because of that, there would they would be a snare to them. Is is what Scripture says elsewhere that these these gods would entrap them. 
um, because worshiping them is easier. Yeah, it's because we are so sinful, it is so much easier for us to worship even something as stupid as a a carved idol because we can see it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that just shows the depravity of, of our minds and hearts. Um, and, and you know what? We're this is a great reminder. We are no we are no different. Our idols may not be carved statues, but we know what our idols are. Our, they're still things we can touch. It's it's relationships, it's possessions, and so forth. It's it's a it's a nice retirement account. Yeah. And we put our hope in these things. We put our trust in these things foolishly. Um, so here you have the Israelites, and they even say, "Well, we're going to follow God because look what He's done for us." And yet they still apparently have pagan idols. In their midst, they, they, I mean, in their tents, they had these these idols, which makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why Joshua later in, in 23 says, then get rid of them and, don't miss this, turn your hearts to the Lord, which means by definition, their hearts were not focused on the Lord. Correct. Had, he would not have told them turn their hearts there if they were already there. Yep, yep. And that's, a, and that's an important point. So, so let's think about this. For how we we respond to it, we've already we've we've already covered the fact that typically when we hear this hear this passage taught, we read it or we read a reference to it. It it is that call to no be you know go worship worship God do you know be wholehearted be in or out that kind of thing, um, which is true in so far it go, as in so far as it goes. But as we as we've seen, even for the Israelites at that time, it wasn't enough for Joshua to say, "Be in or out," because they were already out. Yeah, and and I think that's the thing. It, you know, I said earlier we see this as a simple binary, and it is binary. Mm-hmm. But my argument is it's not simple. We have to appreciate the complexity. We have to we have to understand what is being called as you're saying. This is total devotion. This is all in. This is not just in. This is all in. And thus being all out of this pagan worship here. Right. Um, and so that's where I think we don't quite grasp the complexity of this. We, we simplify this. Um, and we see Jesus talking about this as well. Think about um, the account where people come up to him and say, hey, we want to follow you. And he says, well, you know, they say, let me go bury my father first. And he's like, no, you know, no, you, you can't turn back to the plow. Right. Uh, um, you, you, you go forward. You're all in with me. Nothing needs, nothing can hold you back. Um, this, this idea of following Jesus is, is exclusive in terms of everything we do. All we are is put into this. And I think we, as people, we, we're like the Israelites. I think our intention is often very good. Mm-hmm. We want to follow God. We want to love God. But we find comfort in being like the Israelites saying, all right, well, I'll give him 75% of my following. Yeah. You know, I'll give him a good part of my work week or my week. I'll give him, you know, I'm going to be generous and give him 15% of, of my, my money. And, and, and we, we want to do this, but we don't understand. No, no, no. He's calling for 100% of our time, 100% of our, our wealth, 100% of our everything. Mm-hmm. That's where I think we can be like the Israelites and we oversimplify this binary and, and, and we feel good about ourselves. Oh no, we, we follow God because, right. we, you know, God's happy with us because we go to church for a couple hours on Sundays, right? Right, right. Well, and that, um, and what that should remind us 
is that it's not enough for us to look at this and say, go and do. Go and be all in or all out because we have to deal with the heart. Mm -hmm. We have to deal with what's going on there. If what's going on in our hearts is not a... um, is not a wholehearted commitment to the Lord. Um, we, well, one, we can't just go and say, well, you need to be more committed. I mean, that's the problem with moralism, right? Yeah. Is moralistic teaching is always going to, is, is going to say to us, oh, if you're not doing this, then go do that. And instead, we have to address the heart. It's for us, we need to say, okay, what is holding us back? What is like, where, like, we need to, we need to point ourselves to the gospel. We need to point ourselves to Christ again and again and again. And I mean, we probably constantly sound like um, a, a record on repeat um, and hey, that reference is relevant again because everyone listens to, to vinyl again. <laughs> there you go. That's amazing. Praise God. Um, but uh, but we, you know, that's why we we keep going back to that um, in the gospel project, and why um, in in our conversations on this podcast we keep reiterating, we keep saying we need to we need to look to Jesus. We need to we need to not just say go and do, but stop and look and, you know, seek and savor and, and things like this, because when we get Jesus, that is what, that's what leads us to be able to cast, like to get rid of everything else. Yeah. Wholehearted devotion only comes from seeing Jesus as better than everything else. And so if we see Jesus as, as better than everything else, then yes, we can, um, say no to what the world offers. Yes, we can say no to um, the allure of um, of these things in the world that offer us empty, empty promises. Um, because we know we know something so much greater. Yeah, and you know we also have to recognize a little bit of attention here, because as as we have spoken of quite often, which is very near and dear to us, is this need for gospel transformation to drive behavior. Mm-hmm. That we would say, you know, the imperatives in Scripture matter. Um, they're not options, they're imperatives. And they matter, but we need to make sure we're doing them from the right heart posture. Mm-hmm. That's what's lasting. That's what, what God's after. However, there's a little bit of attention here in this, that there are times, and we see it here in the phrasing Joshua in 24 says, I mean, in 23 then get rid of the foreign gods that are among you and turn your hearts. Notice that order. Um, he knew that those idols were a barrier to the latter. They could not love the Lord the way they needed to as long as those idols still were there. So they had to act first. They had to get rid of them first. Mm-hmm. Then that cleared a path for them to have their hearts changed by God and, and what he had done. I think the same thing is true in us at times, that we can't sit there and just wait and say, well, you know, I don't feel like spending time in, in the scriptures. So because I don't feel like it, I'm not going to do it because then it's going to be, you know, behavior modification. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm just going to wait until I feel like it. Well, no, then what happens is if we're not in the word, we're not going to get to the point where we feel like it. Yeah. So there's a, a little bit of a tension here at times where we have to recognize 
No, there are times that we have to say, all right, even though my heart's not in it, I'm going to do this because I know it's right. I know it's what I need to be doing. And my heart, my prayer is that my heart is changed in this and gets mm-hmm. to where I'm now reading God's word because I delight in it right. and fuels. Or there may be a time where we say, you know what? There is this thing in my life I need to get rid of. Um, even though I don't want to, even though I may not be doing it for the right, from the right heart posture of, as an act of worship, I'm going to get rid of this activity or I'm going to get rid of this whatever mm-hmm. uh, because I know I need to do it. And, and I trust that, that my heart will follow afterward. And so there's, I think we just have to recognize that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think, Brian, I think that's probably a good place for us to, to wrap up this discussion. Uh, do you have any final thoughts you want to offer on that? No, just that there's okay. a, a new book available today. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, just reemphasize that. that. You can get your hands on. Yeah. Epic. So, so get that. And also to reemphasize, if you are at, at the Gospel Coalition's meeting here in Indianapolis, where we are today, stop by and, and track us down and say hi. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to say hi. Love to hear uh, hear from you. So, um, so on that note, uh, thanks for joining us for today's episode, Brian. Thanks for for hanging out again today, as always. You know it. And uh, listeners, uh, we hope that uh, if you found this episode helpful, that you will leave us a uh, sincere but glowing five star rating and review on iTunes. Um, because that helps people find the show. And also, um, if you have found uh, the content of this episode encouraging and helpful to you, um, send, us a, send us a note. Let us know that um, at uh, thegospelprojectatlifeway.com or send us a message on Twitter at gospel underscore project. Um, so until next time, uh, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project, a family of resources revealing how all Scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.